And welcome. This is the Travel Angel Radio Show. I'm Cindy Palos, and I'm here with Kathy Takushi, uh, the owner of Captivating Journeys. And uh, and also Sue Gill is here. Sue Gill is a, a longtime friend, known Sue for a long, long time, and she just had a fantastic trip. I kind of really, I can't travel as much as I want, so I kind of really just enjoy hearing stories about other people's adventures and travel. And it kind of makes me feel like I'm there. Plus, I learn a lot because I think the best way to learn about where you want to go is from people who've been there, you know. Um, you can really learn about things you may not have thought about, you know. So we like to do that on the show. Happy to announce my new CD just came out. Peace, Music, and Poems is out, and it's very good for traveling because it's all peaceful. And sometimes with travel these days, you need a little peace and a little... I have a peace meditation there as well and stuff, so that's exciting. And, of course, my audio CD, How to Fly with Less Stress, is out as well. Very good for traveling, so... And thank you, everyone, for that. And I have um, some good news. We were talking with Kathy, and we're going to be talking a little bit about Portugal because we're in the midst of planning a wonderful Colette travel trip to the places that people here on Maui want to go in Portugal, which is going to be coming up. We're planning to start that um, and give you all the information on that in about a month or two, but i just like to do a little tease on that. So so I know Kathy's in the loop. You know all about Colette travel, right? I do, yeah. And you've traveled with them before. I have not. Oh, <laughs> oh you traveled and seen them before, right? Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. yes, and, and we had Tyler here last week, but yeah. we booked them. Mm-hmm. Um quite a few times in excellent service so we do like nice hotels yeah they usually do about like four star hotels so um do you want to sure let's talk a little bit the dates yeah so we're looking at doing um the azores and madeira uh for november 1st so we'll have to leave like the third 30th i think of not this year, the next of year. Of next year, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So that'll give plenty of time to um, save your pennies. That's where people from Maui mm-hmm. like to go, because that's where a lot of our Portuguese roots are. A lot of the people here right. are from that area, right, mm-hmm. of Portugal. Um, and a little bit of news before we jump into uh, more about that. Um, you know, it's hard to believe that it's Labor Day weekend, but Labor Day weekend is this weekend already. <laughs> And Four just day weekend. I know. <laughs> and just as we uh, look at all this travel gonna, that's going to be going on, the uh, Department of Transportation sent out a notice that um, there's going to be limited parking at the five main airports across the straight state during Labor Day weekend. So we already knew that OGG uh, has limited parking. Um, but, you know, when you have a busy weekend, even less. So... This is still going on, folks. So if you're planning to get away for the weekend and go to another island or something, um, that's really going to mean you probably should have someone drop you off. Um, Or do a Lyfter, Uber, or taxi and uh, get dropped off. Um, It just might be a lot easier than taking 15 minutes trying to find a space. Which It just adds to the stress. If you're trying to... I know, and if it's for a weekend or a day, you don't want it. You want to just park. You know, I know that. But if that's the case, you're going to have to get there pretty early. Um, And on top of that, um, parking on the roof level of Terminal 1 over on um, in Honolulu, HNL, is closed for the installation of new carport and more than 
they're putting in solar panels there. So um, that's closed through November 16th. So if you're, I know a lot of people go over there because they have relatives in Honolulu and stuff. So if you're planning to uh, do anything and have people park um, to get you, that's something they might think about planning on doing. So anyway, just a notice on that so you don't get extra stress because we none of us need extra stress. So let's talk a little bit about, um, of course, Kathy always has wonderful deals and you can contact her uh, for your own trips at 244 1414 at Captivating Journeys, 244-1414. Um, and Paul Gauguin is still going on. What do we have here? Oh, it's something that I just uh, remembered. Hawaiian Airlines is suspending their service to Beijing. Oh, my gosh. Um, I'm surprised. Effective. The last flight will be on October 9th. Wow. So um, I think, yeah, that's kind of news. Cause that it was, is. I think they... I thought they were doing pretty well, but apparently they weren't. So they are stopping. I wonder what's going on with that because there's so many people from China traveling more. Mm -hmm. I kind of would have thought that that would have been handy to have to get people over from China to here. Yeah, that's interesting. I haven't heard from Hawaiian Air about that, but just a just a notice that they're stopping service. Okay, well, when's that ending? October ninth is the last flight. Oh, right around the corner. Okay, so. If you have flights, if you're booked on it, I'm sure Hawaiian Air has already notified you. Yeah, yeah, no, because a lot of people still mm-hmm. love to go to uh, China, and that's that's interesting news. Um, okay, so Sue is here, and um, Sue, this is really exciting. You decided you finally you retired, and your your sign business got business got so what four or five years ago now? Um, it's almost six. Six yeah, years, six ago. years, yeah. So we've been living the dream since then. So and traveling speak. a lot, traveling tra- a lot. Well, that <laughs> is living the dream, yes. isn't it? For me, living <laughs> yeah. the dream is traveling a lot. I haven't had a chance to travel in a while, and it's really bothering me that this microphone is turning sideways. But that's, I know like, this is quite comical. You, you guys were watching this microphone spin away it's from sitting here. of so. its own is thing. I'm not going to let you talk into me anymore. I'm going to have to hold it. But anyway, <laughs> all right, stay. Um, but, but so yeah, so, so traveling is awesome, but when you do traveling, there's a lot of planning involved. So where and when did you want to go and how did you combine it? Let's start, where did you go on this, this last trip? Okay. Our last trip took us to Portugal, Spain, and Morocco. Wow. And, um, this is, there's a little interesting side story to it. So my husband, Dart, in January, we were getting ready to go to Southeast Asia, to Cambodia, Vietnam, and Laos. And um, 10 days before we left, he had an accident um, where he fell off the back of our truck. Oh, no. Yeah, he was loading some equipment, and the the uh, ramp broke away. So he broke his foot really bad. Oh, so we had to cancel the trip. But she had travel insurance. Oh, good thing but you we had, had tra- <laughs> We had travel insurance. And I highly recommend that. Um, we've learned, especially, you know, at our age, in our 60s, if your parents are still alive and they're aging, something can happen. It's always good to have travel insurance. It's really paid off for us a couple of times because uh-huh. of this particular accident also with, um, you know, family emergencies, so to speak. But anyways, he was on the couch for six weeks because he was on crutches. Wow. So um, we had talked about going to Spain and Portugal and Morocco. So um, I gave him all the guidebooks and I said, start reading and plan <laughs> the trip. You have plenty of time to do this. Uh-huh. So he did. He came back to me with a you know, an itinerary. And I looked at it and I said, well, it's about a three month trip. Are you up for that? And he goes, no, that's too long. So I said, well, let's, you know, cut it down. So we did start planning it. So one of the 
key pieces of the trip was doing a cruise in Portugal on the Douro River, which I booked through Kathy at Captivating Journeys on AMA Waterways. And um, so that date we locked in, and then we kind of built our trip around that because it's a very popular cruise on that river with, I think, all the, um, you know, all the cruise lines. And so we had to sort of go with what we, we could get at that point in time. So we built the trip around that. So we flew from Maui to Lisbon. Mm-hmm. What time of year was this? This was in May. Oh, nice time yeah, of year. Yeah, we left actually April 30th. We got there on May 1st. Perfect. And um, so we flew to Lisbon. We spent uh, five days in Lisbon. Which is a nice time in Mount Lisbon. It yeah. was beautiful. Hanging out mainly in the old city or where? Yeah, yeah. We had a hotel right downtown, right off one of the main squares, and we could walk everywhere or take, they, they have trams there and trains. They have really good public transportation. So we had a really nice five days in Lisbon. We saw a lot of the sites, uh, the historical sites. We went to some museums. You know, it's on the river there. Um, oh, perfect. Yeah, so it's a beautiful city. Yeah, there's the- a lot of old churches and some beautiful oh, yeah. old, you know, buildings. and Absolutely. Uh, just right in that whole area, there's so much. And even right on the river, some of those statues and some of the things. It's really right, lovely. like Henry, Henry the Navigator. Yeah. That whole monument is really beautiful. And, you know, there's... Yeah, there's just amazing things to see in Lisbon. It's a really nice city. But one of the things that we really loved about Portugal are the people. They were so nice. Tourism is really popular there now, but they're embracing it. And everybody was super helpful, um, fun, not uptight, you know, just go with the flow. Spoke enough English where you could communicate. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. 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 We, you know, here's an interesting little side story because we also, after we left Portugal, went to Spain. And we found in Spain that people didn't speak English that well. Hmm. But in Portugal, they do. And we found out that in Portugal, the TV comes to them, and it's subtitled in Portuguese, but it's in English. Uh So from the time they're little children, they learn how to speak English from the TV. Isn't that interesting? In Spain, there's a government law that says everything has to be dubbed. So it's always ah. in Spanish, even though it's a, a, you know English-speaking show. So that's the difference. And the people in Portugal, um, and they study it in school too, but they learn it from the TV from the time they're little children. So we we thought it was really super that really everybody did speak English. So what was some, oh, do you remember one or two of your favorite places in in Lisbon? Well, going up to the the fort of Saint George which was really spectacular. That's that one on the hill? Yes, it's mm-hmm. the one up on the hill. It was the great real, view up there. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And then going down into the area where, um, along the river where Henry the Navigator um, Monument is, um, drawing a blank on the name of that area right now. The big square down that the, one? Well, there's the big the big museum down there, and then it's along the river. Oh, um, the Tower of Bellum. Right, the Tower yeah. of Bellum. Yeah. Bellum, I, that's what yeah. the area is called. Mm-hmm. And um, that was a beautiful area, and that was really fun. Did you and, go around by bus, or how did you get around? Um, on that particular one, we did uh, a tram. We took mm-hmm. a tram down there. And then one of the other things we did, we did a day trip to Kashkaish, which is sort of their coastal resort area and that was really fun we took a train out there right from downtown took a train out there for the day and how what was that like you know audrey loves that uh, that that area what was that what was it like well you know for us here in maui it's you know it's a resort area Uh but it was really lovely it's there's no high-rise hotels it's all sort of low-key really good restaurants and shops and you know beaches and people are just enjoying you know the waterfront basically mm-hmm. you know they have a lot of nice homes too it's yeah, kind of their, their little ritzy area to get right? out yeah, yeah if you want to get out of the city and mm-hmm. stuff like that cuz it was only like 45 minute train trip i think it wasn't that far so so yeah kashkash was really really nice to go visit and then of course kathy can probably bear out 
the the delicacy in in Portugal, especially in Lisbon, are the um, the pastel uh, pastel de Natal. Yeah, yeah, which are these wonderful custard. Little tarts. I wanted to get one when I was They're there, good. and I didn't get a chance to eat one. Well, you better go back because I did have to go back. <laughs> you have to go, go to that original yeah. store with the line, which is which is in yeah. Bellum. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So anyway, so that was really fun. So you know, Lisbon has a lot of history, and uh, my husband is into um, things about the sea and stuff. So he was really intrigued by. Uh, you know Henry the Navigator, and then there's a maritime museum there which we went to, and that was really fabulous. And the other museum we went to that was interesting was the Coach Museum, and they had all these horse coaches from all over Europe that they've been collecting from you know the monarchies and from Germany and all mm. over, and they're just fabulous coaches. I mean, and it shows a progression through history of of coaches. Mm-hmm. You know how they were so elaborate well, and hand painted, and a lot w- of your friends know you're a horse fanatic, and you 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 have helped open trails, and you've been very very active in that here on Maui, and have had um, really beautiful hunters jumpers right and yes. And are you still doing horses? I am. I still yeah. have a horse, and I still ride four or five days a week. So, yeah. Well, good for you. Yeah, so still doing it. Yep. Yeah, so up in Kula. You're doing um, actually, in, in uh, Makawao. My horse is at, at a, a, barn, a barn in Makawao. So, oh, yeah, nice. I ride there. So, nice. yeah. 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 So, I mean, when you love horses, the idea of the coaches, I can't help but think when I go into old towns what it must have been like with the horses and the coaches before the cars were there and imagining everyone getting around with their horses, you know. And and the past seems kind of so present when you're in these towns that still have the small streets of cobblestones and these buildings. You almost can go back in time and feel like it must have been in those times, you know. And and you almost can realize that it must have been amazing at those as times, a very different time when there were kings and queens and all of that and all the activity that happened in Portugal which was considered the main place to to leave and to go and exploring, and that was a, a major influence um, in that whole area of Lisbon. Of yeah, course, yeah, ab- absolutely, because the Portuguese were the explorers in the 15th century. You know, they they really opened up a lot of places in the world and stuff. So they were kind of the premier sea, seamen and navigators back then. So yeah. and in Lisbon, old time, you have that beautiful uh, wrought iron, um, the wrought iron balconies mm-hmm. and. Um, and very, very small little... Um, and May, you don't have the crowds. I think you were there. You were at a good time, too, Kathy. We you were, were there in October, October. I think. Yeah, yeah, it was nice. Also a good Not time. very crowded. Now, yeah. they're starting to get um, more tourists because the ships are coming in in the summer. And so mm-hmm. they're starting to see um, more people, you know, which is going to change it somewhat. I hope it isn't going to change it too much. Um, they do have the hop-on, hop-off um, Things I did that the first day. I, was, I did the hop on, hop off, just to get the idea. Yeah, of what it's, it was it's like. a good way yeah. to see the lay of the land. We always do that wherever we travel. Mm-hmm. They have a hop on, hop off. We get on and just stay on it, get a lay of the land, and then we go back to where we, you know, things that we want to see and stuff. So, mm-hmm. and so, there is a college up on top too. I think that is interesting too. When there is a college, you have a little bit of the younger influence of things going on as well. I, I found Portugal to be a really, um, a really young city. You know, that mm-hmm. there were a lot of young people in the city and working in tourism and activities like that. So, yeah, no, it's it's a beautiful city. Now, then did you head on over to the river after that, to do the Mama tour after that? Well, what we did is we rented a car in Lisbon, and then we drove north um, in Portugal. But we missed going to Porto with our car because that's where our cruise was going to originate. So we kind of went 
you know, north, and then we cut inland, and we actually went to a national park there that is really beautiful up in the mountains, and we stayed up there. And they have a huge um, dammed reservoir area, which is huge, with lots of trails and beautiful turquoise blue water, and we stayed there for a couple days. And that well, Do you remember the name of it? It's called Penagerdes, so it's oh. P-E-N-A-G-E-R-E-D-E-S, National Park. And what's the topography like? Um, it's mountainous. It's mountainous. Oh. It's really beautiful. But I mean, not huge mountains. I would say maybe about 3,500 feet. Uh-huh. But um, just a beautiful area, really forested, um, rivers. And then, like I said, they have this reservoir area that there's four of them, and they kind of crisscross. And um, they've dammed it up, so it's all this beautiful water. And you can do water, you know, water sports. People have boats and do and different. And good hiking trails? Yeah, very good hiking trails. Yeah, you can hike from the mountains down to the water and everything. So I hadn't heard of that. That sounds wonderful. Well, you know, this is another thing I was bringing up before about the people in Portugal. Um, we were staying at a hotel, and a young man was working at the front desk, and we were talking about we were going to rent a car. And he so immediately he pulled up this national park on, on the Internet, and he said, look at this place. He goes, you guys should really go here. We never would have. It would never would have mm-hmm. been on our radar if mm-hmm. he wouldn't have brought it to our attention. So then, when he brought it to our attention and we saw what was going on there, we thought, "Okay, let's try that." And we did, and it was really a beautiful area. So, and then from there, it's very close to the Spanish border to the northern Spain. Oh, you're that far up. Yeah, yeah. It's it's um, north and east in oh. Portugal. Um, very close to the Spanish border. So how long did it take to drive up there then? Oh, you know, we stopped at a lot of places along the way. Uh-huh. Um, but I think you could probably, you know, Portugal is a pretty small country, and their um, their roads are really excellent. They have toll roads. They're expensive, but they really are good roads to get from point A to point B. So um, I think you could probably go up there within three or four hours. That's not bad. From no. Lisbon, yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. And then then from there, we we drove north into Spain, and we crossed the Spanish border. So it's very close to the Spanish border, this national park. And um, then we went into Spain from there. And then we drove up all the way up to northern Spain and Galicia. And the area is called Galicia. So, okay, now I'm trying to picture this now. You go into Spain, and you come into Spain about near what city that would that be? What well, area? it would be close to Santiago de Compostela. Oh, up there. Okay, yeah. Yep. Okay, okay. Because that whole area is called Galicia. So what we did is we kind of stayed um, east of that area, and we went up all the way up to the Atlantic Ocean to a place called A Coruna, and it's a port, and it's really beautiful, but it's right on the Atlantic Ocean, kind of where all the waves and everything come in, and it's it's just a gorgeous port. And it's, how did you know about this? Is it, again, just wandering around talking yeah, to people? Yeah, well, you know, in, in this case, I was, you know, we knew we had a, certain time that we had to get back to Porto and return our car to go on the cruise. So we had a couple extra days in there. So we're thinking, okay, where can we go? And then we talked about earlier, we wanted to really go to Bilbao, but it was a little bit too far for us to make the timing. So then I start looking in the guidebook and I read about a Karuna. So we went up there and that was a really neat place. It's, it's a beautiful port, um, very old city. And we got there on a Friday, and Friday night rocks. So it was just like mm-hmm. street parties because it's got really? all the little skinny streets and all, all kinds of great restaurants and bars, and young people were out shopping. Not it a was, touristy area at all. No, just, no, 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 very, a very local area. Uh-huh. Yeah, and so that was really fun. And we stayed in a hotel that was right on the Atlantic Ocean, so it had an, a beautiful walkway that you could walk into a park all along the ocean there with all the big waves coming in. And you could see all the ships coming into the port. 
So that was oh, a, nice. Yeah, that was a neat place to Great find. Great one. Yeah, and then from there we drove down to uh, Santiago de Compostela. That is such a beautiful city. All of us, you've been there too. Yeah, we Isn't stayed there two nights. Yeah, I didn't stay there night. I just mm-hmm. was there for the day, but I was I so like impressed with it. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful square, mm-hmm. the church, the old hotels, and and the little side streets, and the young a lot of young people who did the trek. Absolutely. Um, actually, it was kind of fun because we we went and did like the last mile. We went out yeah. of town. We yeah, yeah, we walked the Pilgrim's Trail back in. You know, because as you all know, through Europe, it's the the way of St. James that has a scallop shell mm-hmm. is his marker. So we we walked out and we walked in with all the pilgrims, and then we went to the Pilgrim's Mass on the Sunday at noon. At St. James uh, Church? Uh-huh, yeah. Isn't that quite a cathedral? It was quite a cathedral. Yeah. And I don't know, when, when you guys were there, did you go to the Pilgrim's Mass? No. Did I you, did you see went, the Mass? We went inside. But I didn't um, go to the Mass. Yeah, but we didn't see for the whole thing. Okay, so the neat thing that I had read about and I really wanted to see, and they did it, is when they have the Pilgrim's Mass, they do this huge incensor. It's called the oh, Fumadora or uh-huh. something like that. And I think... Back in the day, they used to do it because the pilgrims all smelled, probably. (laughs) (laughs) It was a way to disinfect the air. But anyways, they they get this thing going. They have seven ropes, and they get this thing moving, and it swings. And I have some video of it. It's amazing, where it just goes and touches the top of the cathedral almost, and then it swings back and forth and back and forth with the incense just filling the church. Smelling like frankincense? Yeah, yeah, a typical Catholic church incense smell. Yeah, so that was a neat experience to see that because that thing is huge and then they get it swinging there's seven like monks on the ropes and they get this thing swinging around the church so that was an interesting experience and stuff to go through so and there's some lovely little cafes and things through there on the streets and stuff and then yeah we had a really cool experience there um we were walking around the restaurants as you know open like eight o'clock at night so we were just wandering around the streets and we came upon a little local bar and um i don't know if people realize but Galicia was settled by the Scottish way back when. I didn't know that. And they actually play bagpipes there. Huh. So we walked into this little local bar um, because there were some gentlemen playing guitar. So I said, let's go in there. And they didn't speak English or anything, but we got drinks and they were bringing us snacks and all kinds of things. But then the bagpiper came in and they started playing the bagpipes. So we, we got this incredible entertainment in this little bar. And we each had a drink and lots and lots of snacks they kept bringing us. And the whole bill was three euro. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. So it was like $4, right? Wow, so. that's amazing. Well, there is that element because a lot of the trekkers, people doing the pilgrimage don't have a lot of money. And so a lot of them, there are hostels. A lot You see a lot of these hostels yeah. as well. And they're, most of them are full. Um, so you do get that vibe. And, it, I mean, I think my impression was I was so impressed that there were so many young people wanting to do the pilgrimage when we I mean I tend to think a lot of millennials and younger people don't necessarily care but I think the fact that it's something and I I'm sure having the movie The Way you saw the movie The Way mm-hmm. right yeah and Mark Sheehan and uh, not Mark Sheehan <laughs> I you know who I mean <laughs> Martin Sheen Martin, yes, Martin, Martin Sheen. Sheen not Mark Sheen not Mark Sheen <laughs> he's local Mar- yes, yes. <laughs> Martin Sheen did a great job on that but it's become a big thing so I'm, I'm I mean it is it's got a great vibe and did you st- you stayed in town and you stayed in town where did you stay Kathy we stayed at the the it was a Marriott property but it was um, within walking distance of the square but it was an old um, abbey. So it was, you know, it has the 
the rock and nice. stuff. It was really nice. Yeah. Oh, really wonderful. Like and where did you stay? We stayed right across the street from the market. Um, and this place was actually built sort of into the hillside. And, um, yeah, it also had been a building from the 16th century or something that they turned oh, into. wonderful. Yeah, no, it was a really nice place, actually. So we did, had like... Did, did breakfast get included? Yes. Isn't that nice in Europe how they include yeah, breakfast? Almost, they really I think every, almost all almost, hotels yeah. do. Yeah. yeah, because the reality is, is that there's nobody out there restaurants serving breakfast you can just get coffee basically Mm -hmm. or a croissant or you know some kind of pastry but they're really the bacon and egg breakfast and that kind of thing nobody's really doing that we never came across some some mornings we didn't you know we wanted to go out and get something and we couldn't find any place to have breakfast yeah interesting so now you've been on on the road for about two and a half weeks three weeks yeah two and about two and a half yeah and and did you, when you packed for a trip this long, I mean, three weeks, for most travelers, are about as long as they do. I mean, most travel isn't that true, Kathy, when people book, it's two to three weeks usually? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially going to Europe. Yeah. She's a good packer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> how did you pack for Well, we were gone for six weeks, and we just take carry-ons. See, this is amazing to me. I don't know, how, I don't know how people <laughs> and, do and, and, a ba- and a backpack, and that's it. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's fantastic. It also keeps you under control for buying trinkets well it does so. i know but i like, I like to the buy trinkets stuff. i do i love the stuff i got a lot of trinkets a lot of those shell things and they have the little bracelets with shells on them there it's yeah under, uh, well exactly you, you buy jewelry yes, right because yeah. that doesn't take up a lot no. of space in your suitcase so. so now you're heading back down mm-hmm. so from there we went back into portugal and um we uh stopped i want to see if i can remember the name of this place it was right on the ocean and we actually stayed at a hotel that was up on top of the mountaintop over the um, over the city, and I will think of the name of it. And right below us was a huge abbey, and so we looked down on this incredible abbey and the Atlantic Ocean. Nice, and, yeah. And That's right above Porto. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. just up the coast from Porto. Because you know, a lot of people are going to go in. They're going to go in a day or two early if they're going on the river cruise to Porto. So that's good to know about. Yeah, and then you know, pretty much from there, we made our way down the coast to um, to Porto to return the car on the day that we were supposed to get on the ship. And um, yeah, we took a taxi in and got onto the ship. Now, renting the car—it's it's sometimes challenging renting a car in Europe. I mean, a lot of times they don't have—you um, know—you have to pay a lot extra if you want standard. Uh, stick shift is kind of the normal. Yeah, this w- we had some interesting car experiences. I, In the past, when I've gone to Europe, I've rented through Europe Car. I mm-hmm. found them to be really good. And once you're in their system, they kind of treat you as a preferred customer. And um, so when we rented the car in Lisbon, it was one of those, well, you know, we don't have this car you rented, but we can upgrade you to an yeah. automatic SUV with G- <laughs> GPS. And we're like, yeah. yeah, for the same, well, for $70 more for, uh-huh. the, for the two weeks. Okay, cool. We'll take yeah, that. That's good. And deal. so, yeah, so we actually, and then we also rented a car later on in Madrid, and we ended up with automatics in both cases. That's um, nice. Yeah, which you don't come across too many of them. And particularly for when we rented in Madrid, we wanted to drop off back in Lisbon. Um, so sometimes they have cars they want to move yes. over. So sometimes you can end up getting a pretty good, a pretty good deal on that. So the cars were great, and I found Europe Car to be a really good um, company good to, to, know to work with. You, you, you know, if they're sometimes a little bit of a language problem, and you sometimes feel like maybe they're trying to 
uh, fool you a little bit or scam you. So it's nice to know you can trust a company. I've used them a few times too Have for you? myself, and yeah. I found them to be really good. Really good, yeah. Mm-hmm. They're, it's really a good agency to use in Europe. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so now you're finally ready to do your Amawat, and I have never been on a riverboat cruise. As much as I've traveled, I've never been on a riverboat cruise. But I've heard good things about Ama. Have you done riverboat cruises before? Um, actually, I've only done one before, and that was last year. I um, did the Danube, and I went with um, with uh, three other women, and we did a bicycle tour oh, along fun. the Danube. So that was my first riverboat cruise, uh-huh. but this one was darts first, and we loved it. I actually think cruising on the rivers is it's really neat because you're seeing land on both sides of the river. Mm-hmm. So there's always something to look at, mm-hmm. and there's always places to stop and things to do. So, what about the rooms? What did you get on on your boat? Um, you know, typically, I will say on the Douro River. Um, the boats are smaller because it's oh. a very small river, and so they have specifications size-wise. The boats can't exceed, and I think, Kathy can correct me if I'm wrong, from what I understood is one company builds all these boats, mm. and then these cruise lines like Viking or Ama or um, Uniworld, they lease the boats from this company, and they're all built to the same specifications. And to be honest with you, every boat looked the same, I thought, on the river. Uh-huh. Yeah, there's some kind of law that the, the like viking or ama they 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 can't own the boat outright i didn't know that they sure make those ads look like they own the boats don't Mm -hmm. they (laughs) and viking looks like they own those boats well you you could compare it to um um, you know a hotel here that's being managed by the marriott but owned by somebody else and that's pretty much the case and because the river is very small and there's you know a fair amount of traffic on it um, they control, they have a port authority that controls you all the way up the river and where you park your boat and everything. Um, in our instance, um, our captain was able to move us around a little bit to get us away from some of the other boats so we didn't have to be rafted with them. That's the only thing I, I would say about the Doro River. Depending when you go, it's very popular. Mm. There's a lot of boats on the river. They're building more. And so lots of times when you stop in a, in a little area mm-hmm. to, to see that overnight, you might be rafted up with two or three boats, which means you get on one boat and you cross over to another boat and then you cross over to your boat. So, When we went, I think is, it was almost the end of the season. We didn't get that. So you went we, at the beginning of the season. Right. We were in right. May, and which mm-hmm. is a really popular time weather-wise yeah. and stuff. So, so were there a lot of people in town then when you when you got off the boat? Some of the places um, we were spread out, but there were some places that we did stop that, yeah, there were a lot of cruise boats there. Yeah. You know, I, I think for that, those particular little towns and villages and stuff like that. So, yeah, that was the only thing I would say. I, I even said that to the people on the boat. You know, don't kill the, the, the golden goose. Yeah. You know, yeah. by putting too many boats on the river and making the experience not, not you know, a, a really positive thing, you yeah. know, kind of thing. So that was the only thing I would say about that. It's a great way to see that area. Um, I know that if you're a cyclist, there are um, bicycle tours that go through there. I have some friends that just left last night from Maui, and they're going to bicycle the whole Douro, Douro mm. Valley. How um, nice. Go to the wineries and stuff on bicycles. But it is really hilly. I mean, that's Kathy will bear that out. It's pretty much the river, and then the vineyards just go straight up the side like that. So, mm-hmm. And a lot of the places you go to, you have to bus. You have to bus up up into the mountaintops and Versus stuff like, like if you're on the Danube or the Rhine, it, you're kind of right there in the yep. 
the town. city and yeah. flat more. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So you have to bus more. But you so know, then you did a lot of wine uh, visits and, and a lot of tastings and things. On yeah, this yeah. They way? they do have a lot of that, and the meals were included in some of these um, wine visits and stuff. And that's the area, obviously, is where port wine comes from. So all these grapes that are being grown by all these vineyards and stuff there are basically for port to make port, but they are making red and white wines now. Probably more white wines is kind of what they're known for there. So, and when we were in Porto, which is a fabulous historical city, I mean, it's a really old city and it's beautiful. Um, you know, we got to do a tour of Sandeman, which is one of the big port companies there. And that was that was really a nice experience to go through their cellars and see how they make port, which is what they call fortified wine because they put brandy into it. Did you, no, no, come you, you're doing light packing. What do you do? Now, everyone wants to get some port from Portugal and well, Porto. Well, here, here's a kind of an interesting thing. You could go buy it in the store and carry it home, which we didn't particularly want to do at that point in time because the beginning of our six-week trip. But when we went to the, the winery, we asked if we could buy it and ship it, and they said, no, we don't do that. Like, these are our I dis- would have guessed they would have. I know. I was really shocked. And they said, here's our distributors in the United States. Contact them. And I, I was, like, going, well, wow, that's yeah. interesting. You know, after you taste them and everything, yeah. you want to buy a bottle of it? No, cannot. I wonder if there's, hmm. there's certain laws maybe prohibiting the taxes or things. That's I mean, you could buy a bottle there to take with you yeah, yeah. and drink along the way, but they didn't. You, know, you couldn't buy, like, six bottles and ship it kind of thing. So what we ended up doing to bring port back, we ended up buying it in Lisbon's airport in the duty-free. Interesting. Yeah. And, and, and then it, you just and it, carry it on. And it was a Portuguese, you know, made yeah. product, but we ended up doing did, that. Did the port, what did the port taste like there? Was it outstanding? Well, oh, yeah, they're very good. There's all different kinds. You know, they have the, the tawny port and the ruby port. You know, there's all these different levels of it and stuff. And then we got to taste some that was like $1,500 a bottle or something like that, you know. So the more aged it is, the more expensive it is. So, mm-hmm. But it's definitely an after-dinner sweet wine. Like right. when we were on the on the ship... We we got port every night. Oh, really? After dinner, and they were always different kinds from different, oh. um, you know, vineyards. And How stuff. was the food on the ship? Food was fabulous. That's the one oh, thing I, I have to say. The whole Ama Cruz is perfect. I mean, the the staff, everything was totally great. It really, really was. And the food food was fabulous. The head chef was twenty six years old, and he was amazing. Wow. He did that. He put food out for um, I think there was ninety some people on the boat, three meals a day with like a crew of like five people and that was wow. it and it was really really good food too so yeah it was pretty amazing um what what this young man was turning out but he was really talented and the uh, pastry chef she was a young gal about 26 years old too and they were just making breads and pastries i mean i don't i, I don't know when they slept to be honest <laughs> did you have the bacalao <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Vakala, yeah. The, the, the fish. The dry, yeah, yeah, oh. the, yeah. The, the salted codfish. Mm-hmm. Um, bacala wasn't my favorite. No. Yeah. No. There's like a thousand different ways ba- to Bacalaos, yeah. <laughs> Portuguese people are wild and crazy about bacalao, yeah. but I'm not a, um, a salted fish fan. How many mm-hmm. days is this cruise? It's seven days. And it cost how much? I want to say it was five thousand dollars a person. I think I think it was close to ten thousand dollars for the two of us. Um, so yeah, everything was included. All your tours, everything was inclusive. All your wine, your drinks, everything. So, mm-hmm. and one of the fun things on the ship is we met um, the day we got on the boat. Actually, was my birthday, and we were in Porto. We spent two nights in Porto on the ship. So you right there in the heart of town, you were on the boat, and you can mm-hmm. go on tours. They have, had a lot of tours set up. But you could walk around and everything. So 
that afternoon we were on the front deck of the boat and um there were some some folks sitting there and uh, I said, somebody said something. I said, oh, today's my birthday. And she goes, oh, let me buy you a drink. You know, of course, <laughs> drinks are free. But so anyways, we made some really good friends um, on the trip. And we ended up, there were eight of us. And we ended up doing a lot of things together. And actually, two, the one couple is coming over here next week. So we're going to get to see them. Fun. Yeah. So you made some real friends. We did. We made some really nice friends. Yeah. How some nice. People from California and Minnesota. So, yeah, it was fun. And that's one of the nice things about um cruising period but i think on the riverboats because they're smaller groups and more intimate you end up meeting people and i think so when yeah, you have a yeah. smaller group like that definitely makes a difference you, get, you see everyone you know everyone there's not that many people and you keep seeing them at your meals right and, yeah exactly and on the tour and your excursions you, yeah. you go out and see things yeah exactly so so you do about one excursion a day or do you do two or what did you um, I would say some days we did two things. Most days just one. You know, we would cruise the river and then get off and maybe take a bus up to a city and, you know, spend some time there and then come back. And, uh, you know, then the the, the boat would sail and, you know, we'd go to another area. So Your it's, it's favorite not... Favorite city on the, on the river? You know, I was thinking it's been two months since I came back. I probably should have looked at a map this morning and got my brain engaged a little bit. But, um... I would say you you went to the city that had all the steps that went up to the cathedral. The old one, la, that really old one. Yes, uh, la started with an L. Yeah, la mer, la. Anyways, that that was a, a neat city because um, you got into the the town square and everything, and then there's a cathedral on the top of the hill, and it's got a park on both sides, but it has I want to say 450 steps. Wow. That you go it's up. It's a lot. Yeah. It, and it's actually a pilgrimage site that people actually go up these steps on their knees. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, it was hard enough walking up them because you would walk up a bank of them and then you would have a flat area uh. and then another one and another one and another one. So that was a neat city. And they also had a fabulous museum there. So I, I enjoyed that one a lot. And then another day we did go to a, um, a winery, a vineyard, and we had um, tasting there. And then we had a really fabulous traditional Portuguese lunch and it was really excellent. You know, I love the fact that you broke this up and and had your own time in Lisbon and then decided to rent the car, which totally changed your experience because you were free to explore these other places that you were just finding, which you never could have done if you were doing a tour. Or, or, or taking a train even, because yeah, a lot of these areas have. we went to didn't even have train service. Yeah. So, yeah. No, that's that's one nice thing. You know, my husband Dart is um, is willing enough to drive drive in Europe. So, um, and because he's Australian, he can also drive on the left side of the road. So, he's pretty competent. So, as long as he's willing to do that, we can really get out and explore because that that really does give you the freedom and the flexibility to go where you want. And typically, when we have a car, we don't book any place in advance. We'll book it like the night before because we'll we'll figure out where we're going to be the next day and then find an accommodation on booking.com or TripAdvisor. But you found some great places. We did. We stayed at some fabulous places. And Um, you did it basically all online yourself, mm -hmm. finding those places? Yeah, just as we went along kind of thing. Yeah, basically. So so then you get five, six days on AWA, and then you land up where at the end of the... So when the cruise ended at the the end of the river, the end of the navigable part of the river, they take you, AWA takes you, we we signed up for the post-cruise. They have a pre- and post-cruise tour. Their pre-cruise was in Lisbon, but we had already done that on yeah. our own. So we did the post-cruise, and we took a, bu- a bus to a place in Spain. You go, It's right on the border of Spain called Salamanca, and it's a very beautiful old city with a universe. Salamanca. Yeah. They call it the Golden City because they use these golden 
colored stones to build everything. So it's really wow. just very warm and beautiful. Isn't Lot- that based out of the Muslim ruler? Isn't that name of close to the name no. of the Muslim ruler? Oh, okay. No, not Salamanca. Oh, I, okay. I thought it was a very Catholic religious area. The they had really good jewelry there. Yeah. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they did it. They had really good shopping there and beautiful cathedrals. And so that was we did a tour there, and that was really interesting. Then from there we went into Madrid, and we stayed in Madrid. That's a long a track from there to Madrid, isn't yeah, it? It was. We were, I think we got in like about 5 o'clock in the on afternoon. On train? No, no. We were actually in a, a bus, a coach, oh. which was just part of the AMA group, uh-huh. you know, the post-cruise um, thing that we were doing. And then from there, we ended up in Madrid, and we stayed at the Westin Palace Hotel, which nice. is nicely located yeah. um, to the Prado and all the things to see there yeah. and stuff. And I then, think I stayed there at the palace, yeah. Yeah, it's a very old building. And there's that beautiful park in in Madrid. Yes, yes. I love that park. Everyone's out having fun. I mean, they use their parks. Yes, they do. They just hang there. They have the families. I mean, everybody picnics there. There's music there. And it's a beautiful park with lots of different buildings. And you yep. see mimes. You see people, you know, doing music. It, it's it's a living full of energy place that you really get a slice of the life of what it's like in Spain. It's really amazing. Well, you know what the big difference is between the way we live in the United States? People don't have cars there. And oh, so if they I live out of that. If they live in the city, they do everything by public transportation or by foot, which is why they use parks and their museums and everything else. And and that was a thing that we as we talked to people realized it's too expensive to have a car to try and pay to park it mm-hmm. and then the people that live in the suburbs so to speak and if they work in the city they have really good um, mass transit you know mm-hmm. that people can take in and not have to worry about their cars and they leave their cars at home in the suburbs they so, have outstanding museums in madrid now which yeah. one did you decide to go well we Was went to the prada we went to the prada uh-huh. and then we also went to um uh, the one where Picasso has Guernica. Um, oh, yes. Yeah, their, I mod- went to that their mod- too. Yes. modern museum. So we it, went to that one, too. It's powerful. When you see it, it's bigger than you imagine. It takes the whole side of a wall up just about. Yes, it does. So, yeah, so we went to both of those um, museums, and we enjoyed enjoyed both of them. You know, we were only there for... Goya, Goya, Goya. Yeah, lots of Goya. Lots <laughs> yep. of Goya, yeah. El Greco. Yes. And, yeah. So, yeah, so those were something that, you know, we both wanted to see was... Um, you know, it's funny, you, as you travel, you meet people that have no interest in going to museums. They're like, oh, you're going to go to the museum really? today? Really? Oh, I can't imagine I not know. going to a museum. There's Some people just want to shop. <laughs> such amazing museums in Europe, and, and definitely that's one of the highlights of Madrid. Absolutely. I mean, the Prada is considered world famous, I mean, for, for what it has, and it's a beautifully done museum. Yeah. No, like I said, if you're going to go to Madrid and not go to the Prado and also to the drawing a blank on the contemporary museum where Guernica is but yeah they're just a couple blocks apart so it's very easy and there's a park that takes you all the way down there so it's really beautiful and the modern art museum is right across the street from the train station which is a fabulous old building you know it's it's really sophisticated city it is some lovely fashion stores and it's it's very upscale yeah so so yeah we enjoyed Madrid a lot and then another day trip we did when we're um, with the AMA post-cruise package is we went to Toledo and I didn't make it to Toledo, oh. which is, that's known for, of course, Toledo before the storm, but for the steel, right? And Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, they made all their swords there. But it's a walled city surrounded by a river, so it's amazing. And we were there just a couple days before they were going to have um, a big feast day. It was for the Pentecost, a Catholic feast day. And then mm. the huge cathedral there, they bring out, 
you know, this the the big uh, monsters, you know, gold, and they parade through the streets. So yeah. when we were there, they were getting ready for it, and they had put up all the um, – this particular religious object can't be exposed to the weather. So they put up a canopy all the way through the town. Wow. So it goes undercover the whole way. Wow. So that was all going on, and there was a lot – you know, it was going to be a big celebration. There was lots of flowers, and, yeah, it was really neat to see. That would be really amazing to experience that. So. I was in Seville right before Easter. I think it was Palm Sunday. And they did that. They bring out these huge, huge gold statues. Right. And they carry it on four people's back. That's exactly the what they street. do in, in Toledo, And it's too. amazing. And it's it's huge. And everyone lines up the streets. I and love those festivals. Oh, yeah. They're all they're over fantastic. Europe. Yeah. In one little city uh, down a little ways, there was all these palms. They literally brought out the palm fronds right. on Palm Sunday. And you see them all carrying the palm fronds before the priest and everything. And, I mean, it really is um, It's so different than what we see here. You know, it's so well, so uniquely different. Well, religion is such an important part of European history, and there are so many fabulous cathedrals and churches. There are, and, yeah. And so much history there that they really revere it. I mean, they are very Catholic countries, Portugal and Spain both. Um, they really revere it. And like I said, when we were there, was the, the, the Feast of the Pentecost. So everybody was having their you know festivals. We, we kind of hit them wherever we went. There mm-hmm. was They were just happening or going on or just about to happen so and it gives you a flavor of the local people because the local people are all out in the streets and that's you know important to them so you get to mix and merge and walk around the streets where everyone's out and having and i love the way on sundays oh my gosh the whole family right it's the grandma the grandpa the kids and everyone gets together you'll see them at some you know certain places sometimes out to eat you know I know it's, it's it's so family oriented, which yeah. is great. You know, there's multi generational family members that are out there enjoying, yeah. you know, themselves on Sundays and stuff like that. And in fact, we did find like, um, even when we were in Santiago de Compostela on a Sunday, we couldn't get into a restaurant in the afternoon because all the local people were out with their whole family, and you would go and there'd be like fifteen or twenty people at one table in a restaurant. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was we went up and down the street. No, we have no room. We have no room because it was all the local people out, which is great. It's great to see that they're enjoying their city too. So, so I mean, I was just thinking this would be a complete, more than complete trip, but you still landed up going to Morocco. So from from Madrid, there's quite a distance to Morocco. Okay, so I'm going to just say when we run out of time, you should have me come Eight back. Minutes, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we've got six minutes. Because t- the bottom line is, um, seven minutes after we left Madrid, we rented a car and then we drove south to Andalusia, and um, that's like a whole other story. It's, it's southern Spain, southern is very Spain, different. and it has the Moorish influence. Yes, and we went to. Cordoba, we went to Granada. Oh, Cordoba. Yes. Oh, wow. And we went to the Mesquita, which is one of the, the mosque-type buildings that were built in the 15th century by the Moors. We went to Granada. We went to... Granada's um, beautiful, too, isn't it? Really beautiful. Yeah. And they had their festival going on when we were there, and that was pretty amazing, too. Um, and we went to Alhambra there. Isn't that beautiful? Oh, it's mind-blowing. I mean, I walked through it a couple of days. We had the hotel right down... Below the Granada, it's right there on the corner where there's a kind of a, a, a U-turn, and, and it's an old villa right overlooking the whole city. Mm, yes, I know and, what you're talking and about. And the Alhambra is, um, it's got this vibe that you, it's hard to describe, but you really do feel almost like you're walking in, in someone's 
private palace and and there's all this history and the gardens and the water and the sound of the water running and everything yeah no it's it's a really incredible property Mm -hmm. um yeah and from there we went to um uh along the coastline of the med and we went to mar um marbella and stayed there, so that was kind of different. Than I don't know Marbella at all. Marbella is one of the coastal towns, like uh, along that Malaga, and you know that uh-huh. whole thing. But Marbella is kind of a resort area, and we stayed there, so that was kind of fun to stay right on the med. We stayed at a place right down on the ocean and had some fabulous seafood. And then from there, we went back up into the mountains to a place called Ronda, and Ronda is fabulous. It's a walled city that was built a long, long time ago by the Moors, and um, it's. It's built on top of a mountaintop with big gulches around it, so it was very defense. You know, they could defend it quite well. I had never heard of that town. Yeah, oh, yeah. we we met somebody along the way who just said, "Oh, you got to go to Ronda." So I went, <laughs> "Okay." You know, it's just you just chat with people because you find people traveling in a reverse direction and they can share um, their experiences and stuff like that. And then from Ronda, um, we went to um, Sevilla, Seville. Or I Sevilla. love Seville. Yeah, and very um, as a college town too. Yes. Yes. Very influenced by and this and talk about beautiful parks. There's that park there with all the old statues and everything. Yep. No, that's that's a really beautiful city, and I would definitely like to go back there because we didn't really have enough time. We were there two nights, three days. I was just there a couple nights, but it was beautiful. We went there. Um, when we went there, we got to go to a bullfight, and um, Dart had never been to one. I'd been to one before, but he wanted to see it. So there was a bullfight in town, so we actually got tickets and went to the the bull arena and watched a bullfight, which is. Great sangria. Yeah. Sangria. So everyone out in the evening, if they're jugs, they're big things of sangria. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, and then we also went to Jerez de Frontera, which is where they make sherry, sherry wine. Mm. And I purposely wanted to go there because that's where the, the Andalusian horses <gasps> are. Oh, you get to see the Andalusian trained, horses. Trained and performed. Yeah, oh, they're so beautiful. Fabulous. The white, they have the white ones as yes, well, right? Yeah, it was a fabulous show. It's, I, I've actually seen the Lipizzaners. I've been to the you know the Spanish riding school and things, but this was really actually the best show that I've ever seen. They, they actually came in with four carriages with horses in this small arena, and they did the most incredible, like, patterns and driving, and, yeah, it was pretty amazing. So that was a really neat show. Did you get to the stables? Did you go to see the yeah. stables? Yeah, we oh, got to go to the nice. stables and everything. Yeah, it was really, it was a neat experience. They treat those horses well. Yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> it's part of it's part of their national heritage, yeah. you know, that those animals. So anyways, and I'm just giving you, like, a brief synopsis. I can go into more detail on these things if I am invited back for you another three show. three minutes. You, you're invited <laughs> okay. back. Okay, so I'm just going to say from there, we drove back into uh, Portugal, and we stopped in a place called Evora, which is a very old mountain city that um, the Romans occupied. So it has a lot of Roman ruins and things. So that was an interesting place. And then we ended up back in Lisbon. And from Lisbon, we flew to Casablanca, Morocco. And I'm going to leave it at that because <laughs> oh no, we'll no, to... you got one, you got oh, a minute or two. I want to. I want to go. Did to you Morocco. go to Rick's? Did you go to Rick's? We there? went. We went to Rick's, but we were there in the morning. It wasn't open yet, but we took a picture in front of it. Um, Casablanca, I will say, does not have a lot to. It's not a very old city. It's quite new in terms of the age of cities in Morocco. And um, the one thing that they do have there, and it's the only place in Morocco you can do do it, is. They built a mosque. The king built a mosque in the 1990s. It's fabulous work of art. It's on the water. 
and it holds 25,000 people. Whoa. Yeah, and it's really, oh. really beautiful. And they oh do. Oh, gosh. There is a law in Morocco that if you are not a Muslim, you cannot visit a mosque. This is the only mosque in Morocco that you can visit because they have an organized uh, tour at 10 o'clock in the morning. And so we did get to do that, and then we went to Rick's, and then we, we left Casablanca and went on from there with our, because that's where our tour started. Um, we flew into Casablanca and spent the night there and then did the tour of the mosque the next day. And then from there we went on the rest of the trip, which I'm not going to get into now because we're running out of time. But well, in, 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 uh, in two minutes, what can you say about the, the vibe and the rest of the Morocco? Morocco is is really colorful. It's fun. The food is fabulous. Um, we were there, very interestingly enough, we didn't know this, but it was Ramadan. And so um, all the Muslims were fasting. Mm -hmm. So it was always kind of interesting. We did have, um, I booked a a driver and a guide to take us through Morocco for nine days. And they were Berbers, which are the, the, uh, the desert tribe descendants. And they were two young men in their 30s, and they were very fun. But because they were... In Ramadan, we'd say about 2 o'clock in the afternoon, like, are you guys getting hungry yet? And they're like, oh, that's right. You guys need to eat lunch. You're not fasting. <laughs> it was kind of funny because they were, like, tuning out food, you know, because they couldn't eat till like, sunset, right? And we're, like, going, you know, we're hungry. And our driver's names were Hamid and um, Ali. And we called Ali, Ali Baba, and they were really, really fun. And uh, it was a fabulous way to see Morocco, and I'd it love sounds, to talk more about it. It, it really yeah. sounds like the perfect way to go. What a trip of a lifetime. It was. It was fabulous. It was I fabulous. mean, and that took a lot of planning. Yeah, you know, it did because we kind of planned a route. But after that, you kind of just leave time to be free form, you know, to you know, deviate off the path and go here and go there. That's why I don't book a lot of hotels ahead of time. I always figure worst, worst case scenario, if you can't find a place to stay, you sleep in your car if you have to, right? But, um, you know, I just don't like to be locked into. The only time is if you're in a big city. Yeah. You know, make sure you have a base there. But otherwise, if you've got a rental car, you can go anywhere. You know, it's what, flexible. What a, a great way to take a trip. And what then a, she's got another one planned, too. Yeah, we're going to... Do the Asia trip that we didn't do in January. We're going to be going on that one in, in this January. So, and we're going to be going with another cruise um, cruise line that um, Kathy booked for is called Avalon on the Mekong River, and that'll go out of um, Phnom Penh. I always say that wrong. Phnom Penh. Phnom Penh. Mm-hmm. Phnom Penh, and um, that'll end up in um, Ho- uh, in Saigon or Ho Chi Minh City. So, um, looking forward to that. And then we're going to build the trip around that so we're Gosh. working on that right now so that's that's fantastic i'm so thrilled to have heard your story it's just so inspiring i've got All to get away kathy <laughs> i've got i got to get away. i can't believe this it's amazing yeah. well kathy and sue thank you so much and you can call captivating journeys at 244-1414 aloha till next time i want to hear